Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast, where we unpack the numbers and nuance behind the headlines. Happy Monday. It is November 28th, 2022, and I'm Natasha Mascarenas, taking over for Alex before he jumps on paternity leave. So get used to me. He will be back a little bit more before he officially signs off, but we're going to be hanging out a lot for the rest of the year. It is Monday after a holiday weekend, but I'm surrounded by flowers, plants, candles, and a cat in the background. So it's going to be a great day. Stick with me and let's jump into the week ahead. Let's jump into markets because that's been a super boring and predictable storyline this year. Global markets fell today after protests broke out in China against COVID-19 restrictions. So of course, you won't be surprised to hear that the Asian stock market opened broadly lower as well as the European markets. Pivoting domestically for one second, we're seeing a similar story. So the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, and the Nasdaq all were off by a little less than 1%. That's all per Yahoo Finance. And let's quickly touch on crypto, even though we're going to be getting to it later in the show. Bitcoin was down about 3% and Ethereum fell over 4%. It's not just because of FTX, but the cryptocurrency world is going through, and I'm sure you've heard this a ton, a winter. The big news of the morning is coming from the crypto world. So we're hearing that crypto lending platform BlockFi has officially filed for voluntary Chapter 11 bankruptcy. For those who have been following BlockFi, this might not be super surprising because earlier this month, around November 10th, the crypto platform announced that it had paused activity, including withdrawals, and stated later that the activity continues to be paused. Why? Well, FTX. Like so many companies, BlockFi was financially intertwined with FTX. It's one of the 100 creditors that it owes money to. And what we do know is that over the summer, FTX agreed to provide the company, BlockFi, with a $400 million credit line. It also gave FTX the option to buy BlockFi. There's a bunch of fallout that we're seeing, but BlockFi is probably the most recent bankruptcy that we're seeing, and hopefully the show doesn't age out. But our crypto reporter, Jacqueline Melanick, has placed it really well into context for me. She explained that a number of crypto-focused companies like Voyager and Celsius have also kind of announced that they're going through bankruptcy proceedings. So this isn't the first, and hey, it may not be the last. Just last week, we saw crypto firm Genesis say that it has no plans to file for bankruptcy imminently after reports came out suggesting otherwise. To me, the key word from Genesis is imminently. It has to hedge. And I think that really tells you where we're at in the crypto winter, if we're going to still use that metaphor. I want to put a sharper point on the FTX fallout conversation because it has been a lot about the bigger companies who are at risk of bankruptcy. But what about the startups? I am constantly looking for a better way to understand what happens next. So I was actually tuning into our crypto conference a few weeks ago, and I saw a lot of hot takes, whether it's going to be, you know, this huge boon to decentralization or a big push to make regulation a priority. And I've kind of landed on this idea that like, yes, it's an opportunity for crypto to learn. But realistically, I think we're going to see this middle ground between Web 2 and Web 3 start to emerge. And that's not my own idea. Ava Labs president John Wu explained how there's going to be a retreat back to basics from the investors who maybe were in the Web 2 world, but were ready to start investing in crypto native Web 3 companies. He thinks that we're going to start to see kind of a hybrid version of companies that don't want to bet their entire future of the business on crypto because that's a hard way to raise venture capital money. And if we think about that a little bit more, I see two different paths. Either we'll see Web3 companies start to reshape themselves so they don't just look and exist as a crypto company, 
Or we're going to see crypto native companies stay even deeper in their world and maybe seek financing beyond generalist venture capitalists. There's a lot of questions, but just know that equity is definitely interested in and thinking about the second order impact of the FTX fallout. I want to end the big tech section by talking about Amazon for one second. Manish Singh from our team wrote three stories over the past few days about Amazon's retreat. First, it is shutting down its food delivery business in India. It's shutting down its wholesale distribution in India. And it's also shutting down its online learning platform in India. As Manish brings up in his stories, India is this key overseas market for Amazon, but it is lagging behind competitors and it's struggling to make inroads in smaller Indian cities. So I just think seeing three big retreats in a matter of weeks tells us a lot about how the e-commerce is performing right now. We're going to take a break from sad news for a second to talk about PACT. It's an all-women-led VC fund in which all three partners all had babies while raising the fund, which it's super impressive for that, but also because their debut investment vehicle is 30 million euros or $36 million and will invest between 1 million to 1.5 million euro checks. Pact is aimed at mission-driven startups and it has three kinds of categories, access, betterment, and climate, which I like. I like seeing that we're seeing the phrase mission-driven still pop up. I do have issues with it, which we'll get to, I'm sure, in my end of the year episode, but I am all here for climate-focused investment. We need more of it. The other interesting thing about Pact, other than it's debuting in quite literally one of the most interesting and competitive environments, is its LP list. It has Jeff Dean, the head of AI at Google, Keith Tier, who was a founding and former shareholder of TechCrunch, full disclosure, and a tech entrepreneur in the UK and US, as well as Anne Hathaway, who, yes, is an Oscar award-winning actor, but is also a UN Women Goodwill ambassador. I think in the story, they mentioned that it's not a huge fund, but I will completely disagree with that and say that it is insane that we're going to see kind of 18 to 20 companies get backed from this fund and also in the way that they will be, which are these interesting subsectors. I'm all for the smaller debut funds because returns in this environment, as we all know, are hard to get. I will end with Pipe, which in my opinion, wins FinTech main character of the week. If you're like me, you probably were reading headlines about Pipe during Thanksgiving week. And let's just try and get to where we're at today. The story is still breaking, but what we do know, Marianne Azevedo reports, is the three co-founders of the alternative financing startup most recently valued at $2 billion are stepping down from their roles. Marianne puts it well. She said that this is one of the most dramatic management shakeups the fintech startup world has seen in some time. And we do know that Pipe is on the hunt for a veteran CEO as Harry Hurst kind of transitions from his role as co-CEO to vice chairman, which can mean a million things. What makes this a lot more complicated is since that story went live, the web, mainly tech Twitter, has been abuzz with lots of rumors and allegations really about how Pipe really fell apart. And a lot of people are saying that there's more trouble behind the scenes. But what we do know is that there's questions about the loans the company has taken out, also questioning its kind of ties to crypto mining companies. Harry Hurst did address it in a Twitter thread, which I'll link in the show notes. But let me just say you should keep your eyes on TechCrunch.com because we will have a piece that kind of puts everything together. What you need to know to start off the week, though, is that Pipe's departure of CEOs clearly isn't as simple as they want it to seem. And that's a wrap. Thank you for letting me spend the beginning of your Monday with you. I'm excited to do this more. Maybe I will truly start liking Mondays and we can get there together. I'm Natasha Mascarenas. You can always follow me on Twitter at nmask underscore on Instagram at Natasha the Reporter. Alice will be back next week on Equity Monday, but we will all be back on Equity Wednesday, Friday, all the things. Chat soon. 
Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.